looks really different from here. Uh, we've been having fun at BBS, yay! <laughs> I see a couple of volunteers here. Um, you could join us. You're never too uh, old. I don't want to use the word old, but you're never not young enough to enjoy VBS. That's what I want to say. You're never not young enough to enjoy VBS, okay? So join us for VBS. Pippin, we're having lots of fun. All right, so um, it's great to be here. I'm going to share the Word of God with us this evening. Um, Papa and Mama, I know you're watching. I love you both. Thank you. It's always a privilege to stand here and talk about God. But before we do, let us pray. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you because you're our Father. You are our Father in heaven. You're our source, and every good thing comes from you. We thank you, precious Jesus, the one who loves us more than we love ourselves. We thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. We thank you for your love. We, just, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for coming down to die for our sins, even when we were so undeserving. We thank you, Jesus, because we do not deserve your mercy, but somehow you just love us for reasons we cannot even fathom. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, and precious Holy Spirit, we invite you here this evening. You're the Spirit of Jesus. You are the Spirit of God. And we just honor you. We just want to tell you that we love you, Holy Spirit. You're with us every moment of the day. You're a comforter. You're our lover. You're our friend. You follow us. You direct us. You lead us. We love you so much, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, people. Amen. Amen. So today I'm talking on praying with power, and I kind of threw around so many um, topics on this one till I finally settled on, on, on this one. It, it may not aptly describe what I want to talk about, so just, let's just go ahead, okay? We won't dwell too much on it. There are many things God has created for us to enjoy. Do we believe that? Pastor talked a lot about this on Sunday, and um, yes, again, I'm going to be borrowing some things he said. God has given us everything that pertains to life and to godliness. He has prepared great things for us. Do we believe that? If we believe that, can we say amen? Amen. We need to have confidence and know that God wants good things for us. That's the first thing we need to settle as believers. God wants great things for me. God wants good things for me. Let us not even doubt that. Let us not question it. God wants me to have good things. Amen? Amen. And no, it's not selfish and it's not carnal. It's not unspiritual. Because that's what he wants for you. Amen? When we have the confidence that God wants us to have wealth and health and prosperity and abundance like Pastor Roy talked about and peace in our families and peace in our nation, it makes us approach him boldly knowing the things we're asking him for, he already wants to give them to us. Amen? The Bible says in James 1.17, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of light, with with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He gives us good gifts. Amen? Now, to obtain these good gifts, 
God has given us tools. He has given us keys. And there are several, several keys he has given us. So imagine a house filled with treasures. And aren't we so blessed? We have more than one key to access that door. He's given us the key of righteousness. He's given us faith. He's given us confession, like we talked about at Sunday school last week. He's given us prayer. So in my country, Nigeria, there's a song they, say, they sing a lot. Prayer is the master key. Jesus started with prayer and ended with prayer. Prayer is it's a really important key that God has given us. Amen? So I'm going to um, talk about prayer this evening. It's a supernatural key, and I... I I want us to to take note of this statement. Prayer is a supernatural key that unlocks spiritual mysteries and translates them into physical reality. Prayer is a supernatural key that unlocks spiritual mysteries and translates them into physical reality. It goes beyond talking to God. I, I know I say that all the time. Prayer is talking to God, but it's a step beyond that. Prayer is actually enforcing God's will here on earth, as it is in heaven. So every time you pray, you are an enforcer of God's will. Amen? So you're talking to God that's great, but you're doing more than that. You're saying, God, just as you have said it is in heaven, that's how it is going to be on earth. Amen? That's how it's going to be in my situation. That's how it's going to be in my family. That's how it's going to be in my life. That's how it's going to be in this country. You are enforcing God's will. So tell yourself, I am an enforcer. You have to pardon me because I did VBS this morning and I made the kids repeat so many times. So we're going to do something like that again this evening. So tell yourself really loud. Now, I know you can't yell as loud as they did. I am an enforcer. That's great. Amen. So Kenneth Hagin, and I, I love that man, great man of God, senior, and I mean, great man of God, senior engineer, great man of God. I'm talking about senior right now. He, um, he shared this story in one of his books, and I found it really fascinating. So this was not a dream. It happened real life, in real time. He was sitting down in his bedroom, and the Lord Jesus appeared to him, and he was talking with Jesus face to face. Isn't that amazing? And as he was talking with Jesus, and Je- no, Jesus was talking to him and sharing things with him, and immediately the devil appears. And he comes in, and you know why the devil comes in? There's chaos, and there's noise, and there's all of that stuff. So the devil comes in, and he's talking, and blah, 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 and then Kenneth Hagin cannot hear Jesus anymore. The devil is making so much noise, he can't hear his Lord. So he's sitting there and saying, but here's the strange thing that happened. Jesus was still talking. So Kenneth Hagin is sitting there and wondering, I can't hear Jesus. He's talking. I mean, can't he see the devil is right here with us? Why can't he do anything? And Kenneth is struggling so hard to hear Jesus, and Jesus in his sweet, gentle voice is still speaking, and the devil is still yapping all over the place. So Kenneth Hagin gets really angry, and he tells the devil, In the name of Jesus, get out of here! And the devil leaves. And Jesus is still talking. So Kenneth Hagin says, Jesus, I mean, 
did you not see the devil? Why didn't you do anything about it? And Jesus says, because I have given you power to do that. That's your job now. And I think that's what Jesus is saying to a lot of us believers. I have given you power to do That's your job now. Can we say a big amen? amen? So just like faith, prayer is a spiritual force that can grow. I know, we talked about faith growing the other day. Prayer can actually grow too. When I was a lot younger, I used to think, I mean, I grew up in church, and I used to think, the louder you pray, maybe the faster your answer, you know, like if you really didn't want to get a spanking, you needed to pray really loud at service that evening. Maybe, just maybe, God will hear a little faster. Or the more intense you pray, I mean, if the problem is this big and you've got to pray really, you have to put in all the energy and sweat and all of that. And I'm not saying that that's bad, really. You should see me when I pray in my house. I don't bring that to 9 o'clock prayers. I pray really, really loud. God bless my neighbors if they're watching. Um, I pray with a lot of intensity. I love to pray really, really loud. Really, I do. But the loud prayer, these things are not bad. So if you pray loud, I mean, I'm not, I pray loud myself. Praying with intensity, there's nothing wrong with that. But that is not the key. The secret to prayers that bring results is not the loudness, is not the intensity, it's the power. Somebody say power. power. The power that backs up your prayer is actually what brings results. Amen? Amen. Amen. So when a sinner prays and says, Lord, um, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner. He does a sinner, sinner's prayer. The power of the Holy Spirit comes into his life and transforms him instantly. And then translates him from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. It's a little different for us that are believers already. And I know, I used to wonder again when I was young. I wondered so many things as a child. I wondered, how come... It feels like it gets a little harder when you're a Christian and you're praying for stuff. Like, you see this person who's just barely putting one toe into the kingdom, and they're like, Lord, I need this, and boom, they have it. And there you are, a Christian of 50 years, Lord, Lord, help me, help me, and you're praying and praying and praying, and you're like, what's going on? How come they get it first? I was younger, thank God, I've learned better now. (laughs) But I always used to wonder. But see... God expects us to grow. It's different for us in the kingdom. God expects us to grow. So in Exodus 16.35, the Bible says that, And the children of Israel ate manna forty years until they came into an inhabited land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. What this means is, all through their journey in the wilderness for forty years, they were eating manna. God was providing once they came to the border of the promised land where they were supposed to get to, uh, go into, God told them, hey, it's time to go get your own food. And I think about that, I mean, I'm a parent, I have four children, soon to be five, and I, I, I think about that, and I, I, you know, as a baby, when you have a child, you feed the child, you do everything. When your child is, let's say, five, you expect things to be a little different. Your child should be able to feed himself or herself. When the child is 20, or 20, that will you provide. When your child is 20 or 21, 
you expect things to be a lot different, right? I mean, your child really should be able to feed himself at that age. Amen? That is exactly what God expects for us. He doesn't want us to remain in the exact same spot. He wants us to grow. He wants us to move. He wants our power to increase as we grow in the knowledge of him. Amen? So, to move this mic stand, I need physical power if I want to move it from point A to point B. And Where's Pastor Mike? Okay, let me put it back before he sees me. Now, to move the pulpits, I need even more physical power. Don't worry, I'm not going to try. But the power I used in moving this mic stand, is it going to be the same as when I want to move this pulpit? The power I used to move this bottle of water, is it going to be the same if I wanted to move, say, the chair? No. There are different levels of power we need to move different things and produce different results in our lives. Amen? If we operate with the power that can move the mic and we need to move the pulpit, nothing's going to happen. And I think for us as believers, that's one of the things that frustrates us a lot. You're saying, why isn't this thing moving? Why isn't this thing moving? But you're using this power. If you want to move this, you need to upgrade your power. Amen? So, let's turn to Matthew 17, verse 14 to 21. This is Jesus and his disciples. And when they had come to the multitude, the man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, 15, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples... But they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and he came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast him out? I mean, why? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Listen to this part. However, this kind does not go except by prayer and fasting. When I read this the other day, I sat down back and said, But the disciples had to have been praying. I mean, I don't think they were filing their nails while the man was there with his son or, you know, randomly talking about fishing business. They were praying. But Jesus said, this is another type of prayer you need for another type of devil, another type of demon. This is another type of power you need for another type of problem. Amen? Are we understanding Abraham Lincoln said, and I love this statement he made, I don't even know when, but I've heard it so many times, and it's become one of my favorite statements. He said, give me six hours to cut a tree. I will spend four hours sharpening my axe and two hours cutting the tree. Give me six hours to cut a tree. 
I will spend four sharpening my axe. I realize in my life, I don't know about you guys, I most times do the reverse. I spend four hours, what am I saying? I spend all six hours <laughs> cutting the tree with my very blunt axe. And nothing is happening. And I'm getting frustrated. I'm cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting. And it's not happening the way I want it to. Why? My axe isn't sharp enough. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, we need to get more power. We, getting power, the, praying about the problem, is cutting down the tree. Praying for God's power is sharpening your axe. Do we understand this? Are we following? This is something I am learning, and it's very interesting. I get to talk about it today. Because I don't do this 100% of the time. 80%, 50%. I don't do this all the time, to be very honest with you all. Many times when I face a problem, my first reaction is to jump into prayers. I bind you and I cast you and I release it and I, all of that stuff. But thank God for the Holy Spirit who once in a while reminds me, do you have enough power to bind what you're binding? Have you drawn enough power to release what you're releasing? And every time he reminds me, I have to go right back and say, Lord... Because trust me, my first instinct is, let's face this problem. This tree is going down. But this brings a lot of frustration in prayer. I mean, this has happened to me. I don't know if this has happened to you guys. But I get really, really frustrated sometimes when I'm praying. Especially for a long time. Especially for an answer that doesn't seem to be coming. And you're like, God, 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 God. God. And God is saying, Remember what Abraham Lincoln said, sharpen the axe. In Joshua 6.15, we see the children of Israel go around Jericho. I'm going to share the story very briefly. So God told Joshua, take the children of Israel, go to Jericho. Guess what? I have already given you the city. Just know that already. And that's what, that's what God is telling us. Guess what? You've already won. I have already given believers the United States of America. Just relax. It's yours already. But you will walk around the city every day one time. And on the set for six days. And on the seventh day, you walk around seven times. And every time I read the scripture, I always ask myself, what was the point of this exercise? Why? But I want to believe this was an exercise in power. You see, every time they walked around the city, the, the priests and the Levites, they were blowing the horn. They were worshipping God with that sound. Every time they walked around, their faith was increasing. Their power base was getting stronger. They were trusting more in God. They were walking around with confidence because God has said, I will give you the city. And on day seven, they walked around seven times and the Lord said, Shout! Immediately the walls came down. Immediately. You can ask yourself, I mean, why didn't this happen on day one? They could have walked seven times on day one. If I were there, I would have voted to walk seven times on day one. I don't like to exercise. <laughs> but God was interested in the spiritual death. You see the thing with God? 
God is just as interested in the end result as he is in the process. It's not really about, I get my miracle now, I get my blessing now, I get it now. With God, there is always a process. And you know how people say the devil is in the details? Well, God is in the details too. He, is, he wants to see us move from this step to that step to that step. He is watching as we grow. Because if things happen, I, I, I mean, and he's a good father. I think that's why he does that. Because if I gave my five-year-old my car keys, I won't have a five-year-old and I won't have a car. So some of the things we're asking the Lord for, He's interested in growing us. He's interested in our power getting deeper, our power base getting stronger. So when we receive it, we're not like my five-year-old who will most likely crash a car. Amen? Amen. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness fasting and praying. Not one, not two. Luke 4.14 says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Then Jesus returned in the power. And you want to ask yourself, when he left, did he live in the power? When he went to the wilderness, I mean, he already had some power. But he went there and all what he was doing was a power exercise. He was deepening his spiritual base. He was digging his roots farther inwards. He was going in and in and in. And when he returned, Acts 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Somebody say power. power. It is possible for God to anoint you with power. As a matter of fact, that is what God wants to do with us. He wants us to have power to change this world. Because this world, guess who God has put in charge? He's put us in charge. So if anything is going to move, we have to move it. If anything is going to change, we have to change it. But we already have the assurance that he is with us. And he has already given us victory. Can somebody say a big amen? Imagine all of us anointed with power walking through the city of Houston. Imagine us with power walking through Texas. Imagine just how many of us are here shaking the entire United States of America. You don't need a crowd. You don't need a million people to do anything. You need one man and one man who has power. A lot of the time it's easy to say, Why can't they do anything? I think there's a song like that. We want people to do something. If not you, then who, 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 who? Something like that. Why can't they do it? Why can't they do that? And God is saying, well, why can't you? This is why I created you. This is what I created you to do. I created you to bring back Papa's land. I didn't create you to just live here and have fun. You have a purpose, and that's to bring my land back to me, bring my people back to me. That's why we are here, and we cannot do that with prayers that don't have power. Because if we do that, it will be like cutting the tree 
over and over. And after a while, you just get tired. There was a time I used to pray a lot about souls and soul winning. And Lord, bring in the souls. And Lord, bring... And then I just got tired and that fizzled out. And then I had another sermon and I'm like, oops, revamp. Lord, souls, 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 souls. We want people to go to heaven and that fizzled out. I, I mean, I've gone through this cycle... So many, many times. But now I'm seeing that if I don't have power, when I pray, 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 and I'm not seeing the results, and I don't have the power I need, I start to get a little bit weary and frustrated. And I'm saying, Lord, I've been praying for souls. Where are the souls? Where are the souls? Where are the souls? And God is saying, no, I have given you power. This is one scripture I use on myself almost every day. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Noja with the Holy Ghost and with power that she went about doing good. Because God is with me. Y'all borrow the scripture and use it too. Amen? I mean, it's not mine. It's God. It's in the Bible. It's for you. It's a promise you can stand on. Amen? A preacher once said, public power public display of power is drawn from private prayers. You see all the power, all the public displays with Jesus, all the miracles, the signs, the wonders. You see how the Bible says he went and people followed him? Why? He had power. Do you think it's easy for someone to come and tap you and say, Daniel, follow me. Leave your business, follow me. I mean, would you, I won't, would you go? You're like, hey, who do you think you are anyways? Move off, buzz off. But Jesus had, when we read it, it looks so easy. He said, follow me, and they, you know, they didn't know he was Jesus at that time. He had not been revealed. But he's the power in him translated into his word. So when he said, follow me, the power was like a magnet. The Bible says, I will give you words and a wisdom. Even your enemies cannot gainsay it. They can't resist your words and your wisdom. That's in the Bible. And that was what happened with Jesus. So when he said, follow me, they followed. When Jesus, with his twelve, decided to turn Jerusalem on his head, They followed him because he moved in power. Somebody say power. Power. Praying with power is not necessarily about the words you speak. It's not, you don't have to use fancy words when you need a dictionary. You don't need anything fancy when you're praying with power. It's not really the words. And I know there are some people who are really gifted speakers and prayerers, if there's anything like that. I mean, when they pray, the words, they rhyme. You know, I mean, I I listened to one guy and he was praying and he's like, Lord, thank you, we're not in sanctuary, we're not in the mortuary, we're in the sanctuary, and then another re, and then another re. I mean, the rhymes. And I'm like, oh my God, how do you think of all those rhymes? It was amazing. I was very impressed, to be honest. Because it was just all fancy, As he was praying, it looked like I was in a slow rap show or something. I mean, everything was just going. All the words were perfect. But that's not what praying with power is all about. Praying with power is not in your words. It's in your base. It's behind your words. Amen? 
It's the spiritual force that backs up your words. So even though you say simple lines like, in the name of Jesus, something happens. Things shake. The atmosphere changes. Because the name itself is already powerful. And then you have power backing up the words. So I I remember a man in Nigeria shared this testimony of how he was listening to this tape about the power in the name of Jesus. And it was back in the days where they had um, little cassette players. OJ and Falaka, I cannot relate. And they'll put that in the car. And, you know, um, the ones you had to twirl around with a pen if it got stuck. Yeah, that one. So anyways, he was listening to this and they were talking about the name of Jesus. And he was, at that moment, involved in a horrible accident. Tons of people died. But the cassette player kept playing and he was alive. He didn't have one scratch. I think he was the only person who walked out of that accident. But the weirdest thing was the car was completely, I mean, it was beyond repairs. But nothing happened to that cassette player. And when the people come to the scene, what they're hearing is, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. Isn't the God we serve an amazing God? He, the Bible says all power has been given to me in heaven, on earth. Everything, he has it. All we need to do is draw some of it and then use it to enforce his will. Amen? Amen. 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 As we study the word of God, we grow in power. As we read the Bible, we grow in power. There's hardly anything, and I think every time I step up here, I always talk about the Word of God, because that's the food of the Spirit. First Peter 2 says, it talks about the sincere milk of the Word that helps us grow. If you want to grow in power, you need to be a student of the Word of God. You need to study that Word. That is the food. The way we need to eat food, if you haven't eaten, if you join us for our January fast year, kind of see how people come in, like the first day of second, I think we'll start January 2nd, everyone's like, yay, 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 then like the fourth, you're kind of like a little tired, like the fifth, you're like, help me Jesus, till your body kind of gets used to it. Why? Because your body needs food as its source of energy. Well, guess what? Your spirit needs the food of the spirit as its source of energy. So if you do not read your Bible, you don't get power. It's, it's, it's very simple. Amen? Amen. Praying in the Holy Ghost is another way of getting power. James talks about, a Jew talks about building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, there's no good way to say this, but you're missing out on a whole lot. I wish I could say it in a fancy way, but really, you're just missing out. You need it. You are building up your spirit every time you pray in tongues. You are speaking mysteries. You are speaking things human ears cannot even comprehend. They can't understand. You are talking the language of the Holy Spirit at that time. And when you are talking the language of the Holy Spirit, guess what he's doing? He's releasing power into you. 
You're building yourself up. It's like, it's like a, a, a phone and a charger. You plug it in and then the battery life, it, it keeps increasing until it's 100%. Every time we pray in the Holy Ghost, we're plugging ourselves in. Amen? And then we're renewing our strength. Also, and this is really where I'm going to spend some time on, it's praying specifically for power. I want us all, myself included, to add this to our daily routine, to ask God for his anointing and power every day. Jesus told his disciples, don't leave, don't move until I endure you with power. That means it was very important. Don't embark on this journey. Don't fight that battle. Don't do what you're thinking of doing until you have been endued with enough power. Because he knew if the disciples went out and they had no power, they will fail. They would have been frustrated. Some of them would have quit on the first day of work. So he said, wait. Tell the person sitting by you, wait. No, y'all say it a little louder. Don't let my VBS kids beat you. Say wait. Yeah. Uh, my VBS kids were a little louder than this. Say wait. <laughs> you need to wait until you are endured with power. We can't just step out and do things and fight battles without power. It won't work. We will be frustrated. We will be tired. So Jesus said, don't go anywhere, Peter, James, John, Peter, again, till you have power backing you up. And then when Peter went and did with power, y'all know what happened. Till today, we're still feeling the effects of what happened on the day of Pentecost, till today. Amen? Amen. You need to ask God daily for the anointing. Remember I told us of that scripture, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus every day. Let's ask him, Lord, anoint me with the Holy Ghost and with power. As I go out today to the grocery store, as a matter of fact, as I stay in my house today, not going anywhere, anoint me with the Holy Ghost and with power. As we pray to see revival in this land as we pray to see this land turn back to Jesus anoint me with the Holy Ghost and power I don't want to be a spectator I want to be the enforcer I want to be at the forefront so if you're going to fight a battle at sea you don't focus on your infantry first you focus on the navy If you're going to fight a battle for the souls of the people in the United States, you focus on the God who will give you power to get those souls. Amen? If you're going to fight for peace in your family, you focus on getting power. Everything in life, every spiritual battle we face, we can only succeed with the power of the Holy Ghost. So Jehu, in 1 Kings 9.15... To 17. Then the Lord said to him, that this is God speaking to Elijah, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king of Syria 
Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. Verse, yeah. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel, Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. God anointed Jehu for a specific assignment. And that was to destroy the house of Jezebel. When God anoints you, he has something specific in mind. So you need to ask him for that specific anointing. So what is the problem you are going through? You say, Lord, anoint me to fight this battle. Jehu was anointed to be king and to destroy Jezebel. If you read on in 1 Kings, you'll see that he destroyed Jezebel and her entire family. You can destroy the Jezebel in your life. We can collectively destroy the Jezebel in this nation. Who believes that? We need to pray and say, Lord, anoint us with the Holy Ghost and power. So when we speak, I mean, every day things are changing. It's, it's getting crazier out there. Sometimes we're in church and we don't know how crazy the world is going. Till once in a while you scroll down or stroll down the streets of Facebook and you're like, wait, 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 wait. Are we all in the world with the same people? I mean, it is an entire, entirely different world out there. Our children are growing up in this world. Our grandchildren are growing up in this world. We cannot allow the world to defeat us. We, need, we are in a battle, and I want us as Christians to know that we are in a battle for the soul of this country. Your children are here, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. We can't sit back and say, well, it is what it is. In the good old days, it wasn't like this. Is this millennials? Okay, no, it's no more millennials. Gen Z. It's the Gen Z people that are ruining this nation. No, 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 no. The person ruining this nation is the devil. That's his name. When we face him, believe it or not, people say the devil has no power. That's a joke. He does. And he has a lot of power. He does. But guess what? The God we serve has more power than the devil could ever have. And that's our source. So when the devil comes in, the Spirit of the Lord raises a standard. So when all of these things come in, we rise up and take our place as people of prayer. And we say, Lord, anoint us specifically for this. Anytime my children, when my children were about to start school after COVID, and well, COVID is still here, but when they said human beings would go back to school, I called all of them and I anointed them with oil. And I told them, this anointing is for you to go there and not be dominated by the culture. It's for you to impose the kingdom culture and not have the culture of the world dominate you. So my son came home after a couple of weeks and told me, well, somebody in my class said they are blah, 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 blah. And I reminded him, yes, and my son is nine. So, of course, my initial reaction, <gasps> you have somebody in your class who is blah, 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 at age nine? But then I remembered, I told him, I said, Zuriel, you have been anointed specifically for this purpose. This is why God anointed you. 
You will not break or bend under the influence of the world. You will enforce the will of your father in your school, in your class. That is why you're anointed. And as I was talking to him, I felt energy in myself rising up as his mom. And I told myself, I said, no, Jerry, you know what? One day, maybe you will walk into that school and begin to blast in tongues and deliver all of them that are oppressed right there. What else am I anointed for? I tell myself sometimes, I'm like, what will happen if I walk into the grocery store? And as I'm walking down the aisles, picking up my bananas or whatever, people are getting healed. What if I walk through the grocery store? And so what if I sit down and the power of God is so strong around me? Things begin. Jesus was walking and demons started crying out. He didn't have to go to them and say, hey, are you a demon? He was literally just taking a stroll. I can't whistle, but I can imagine him just taking a stroll with Peter, James, and John. And there's a demon screaming out, ah, and another one, ah. I mean, everybody could see the power in Jesus. We need to rise up as the church of Jesus. We are the bride of Jesus. He has assured us that his power is here. He has made it available to us. All we need to do is take it and use it to change our world. So I want to encourage you, don't be discouraged when you turn on the news. As a matter of fact, don't turn on the news. But if you insist, don't be discouraged. You have been anointed for such a time as this. This is why you are here. If you had nothing to do, you won't be on earth. You have been anointed for this. I didn't put this on the screen, but the book of Isaiah. And I think that's Isaiah 60, or is it 61? 60, I think. It says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. You know what? Let's read it. We need to read that scripture, and I think that will be my closing scripture for tonight. Isaiah 60, verse, from verse 1. If you have your Bibles, turn. If you have your phones, turn still. It's okay. Uh, give me a moment to get it there. I'm sorry, people, I didn't give that to you. But I think, oh no, that has to be 61, Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Is it on the screen? It's not. I wanted us to read it together. So I'll, Oh, it's up here. Can we all read it together? The Spirit of the Lord God, hold on please. Can you read it like the Spirit of God is really upon you? It's not a storybook. It's not a fairy tale. As you are reading it, remember we said the Word gives you power. As you are reading it, you are drawing power from this Word. Amen? Let's read it together. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison doors. Okay, we know it by heart. We'll move on. <laughs> to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. It goes on and on and on and on and on. That is your commission. That is your mission statement. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon you because you are anointed. Now, if you are not anointed, what does that mean? 
the Spirit of the Lord God is not upon you. I didn't say that. Okay, I did. But technically, if we interpret it from the Bible, that's exactly how it sounds. So to see all of these things happen in our community, in our church, in our world, in our workplaces, in our families, we need the anointing. Jesus said some of these problems, they won't go except by prayer and fasting. And the Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man does great things. Amen? Amen. So I leave you with these words this evening. Every day, ask the Lord for power. Ask him for his anointing. Forget about your problems for a while. Forget about things that are happening. And just decide, God, it's me and you. We're going deeper. I'm going deeper. I watched a Chinese show uh, many, many years ago as a child again. And this guy, I think it was Indian, I don't know. Anyways, but this guy, he's standing right there. And I know some people have done it in Nigeria before. And then they're shooting at him, boom, 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 and the bullets are not going in. And there's a spear, they put it in, and it comes out, and nothing is happening. I was very amazed. But of course, he had demonic powers. But all of the things they were doing, nothing could penetrate. Because he had some sort of power backing him up. Don't try this at home. <laughs> but we have the greater one living on the inside of us. Because the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than that problem that is in the world. So you have the greater one inside of you and his power is available to you. Every day, please don't forget to ask him for more of that power, more of that anointing, more of his presence, more of him. So that when we move out, things begin to happen. Amen? Amen? How many of us are going to start asking the Lord for more anointing and power? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you because you are God. As a matter of fact, why don't we rise to our feet and spend the next three minutes just praying in the Holy Ghost together. Let's just release his spirit upon us right now. If you can, pray in the Holy Ghost, pray aloud. If you cannot, trust me, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you just as he did on the day of Pentecost. His power has been made available to us and tonight we are accessing that power by praying in the Holy Ghost. Lift up your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost. He is here because he says where two or more are gathered, he is there. You are building up yourself. You are getting power directly from your source. If you can't pray in the Holy Ghost, just lift up your hands and have him feel you right now. He is here. He's ready to fill you. He's ready to give you power to face whatever giant is in front of you. He is ready to anoint you to change your world. Sweet Holy Spirit. Amen. 
In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Brother, I have a word for you from God. I don't, I don't know your name. I'm sorry. But as we were, yes, please, as we were praying, the Lord said I should tell you that he has anointed you the way he anointed David to distinguish you from people around you. So you have an anointing that will distinguish you from your fellows on your life. I don't know what it is God is going to do with you, but trust me, he's going to do something great with you. His anointing has been poured on you. So step out like David. That's who we talked about today at VBS. Step out like David. You have been anointed. And it's an anointing that will distinguish you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Because we know that those who come to you should know that you are. And you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So Lord, we come to you today. And we make up our minds that we will ask you daily for your power and your anointing. We refuse to let the world overpower us. We refuse to let sin have dominion over this country. We rise up as apostles and take charge of the United States of America. We rise up and take charge of our families. We rise up and take charge of our generation. We rise up and decree our children and grandchildren shall serve the Lord. And Lord, we ask that you give us power to make this happen. Anoint us to change this world, Lord. Anoint us to make an impact in this generation. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you all. Good night.